Welcome to the Pursuit of Happiness podcast. Hello? Hello? Oh, hey, hello. Established. <laughs> well done. Well done, yeah. I don't know what was wrong there. The mic seemed all right. Strange times. Very strange times. Anyway, I don't know what you did, but the second connection seems to have worked. I, I just resent the link. I know, maybe there's something wrong the first time. I don't know. Anyway, this time it came through all right. For the just for the the podcast listeners, um, Brian and myself have been trying to make connection for the last forty five minutes. But for some <laughs> reason, the, um, does this the, go on uh, the recording as well? It does. Yes. Oh, never mind. <laughs> never mind. It's a real real life conversation. It certainly is. How are you? I'm okay, thanks very much. I hope you and your listeners are as well. I think we're... Um, life has given us lemons, so I think we're making lemonade. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll prefer something a bit stronger. <laughs> anyway, go ahead then. Um, what, would, what would you like me to talk about first? Well, first, I'd like to say welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Um, so just to set a bit of bit of context, um, I think it'd be a good place to start to get to know who Brian Kennedy is. So okay. I was just wondering if you could give a brief intro to your very good self. Right. Yes, uh, Brian Kennedy. I've known Adam for quite a number of years now. And uh, we've had some great trips together to France, to Lourdes. Um, he's great company, Adam. And uh, we get on pretty well, I think, despite, despite the problems of communication. <laughs> technology, eh? <laughs> well, te technology, whoever wins with technology. Exactly. Anyway, it, it's very nice to talk to you. I'm a former teacher. I hope it doesn't sound too much like a teacher to you. Uh, I, I try very hard to keep that hidden. <laughs> 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 anyway, uh, I'm all I'm all ready for a chat about happiness. So, the the main question. It's quite a short question, but from what I've gathered and gleaned from previous podcasts, it's quite a, a difficult question, yes. a very thought-provoking question. Yes. So what is happiness to you? What does it mean to you? What does it mean to me? Um, well, I'll come back in a minute to the subject of money. It certainly isn't having a lot of money, um, although a lot of people do seem to think that. To me, it's fairly simple things um, like um, spending time with my family. Um, that doesn't cost anything. Um, it's uh, very difficult in COVID times, as you and all your listeners will agree, I'm sure. Um, and my family don't live very far from me. 
Um, both my daughter and my son live comparatively close to us, but we still, at the moment, don't see a great deal of them, of course. Um, so that's one thing. Um, I, when you asked me to talk about happiness, I was thinking, what else makes me happy? You know, it's it's great being with the family, but you can't be with them as much as you'd like. I like going for a walk. It's uh, simple things that don't cost anything at the moment. I like to go for a walk if the weather's okay. We've got some nice bits of countryside quite near us. Um, in happier times, I'd say I probably like popping over to our local pub for a drink. Got to do all that on our premises now instead of the pubs. You're not, um, the, uh, you're not the first person to say that, Brian. I beg your pardon? You're not the first person to say... Uh, no, I'm sure. Oh. I'm sure. Oh. Um, uh, I, like, I like having a good meal. That makes me happy. Um, fortunately, I'm married to an excellent cook. Um, but I can open a can of beans myself. Um, do a bit of toast. That makes me happy as well. It's, it's the main thing, though, is health. I mean, all our family have had a few ups and downs over health issues. And it's, it's very good just to know that you're plodding on and the family are plodding on. And at the moment, they're all in good health. And I think a lot of people would put good health very high on their list of, of things that make them happy. So would you would you class happiness as a destination or an outcome or more the journey towards something? I think it's 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 I suppose it's partly a, a journey towards something, though I'm not sure what, but um I think it's very much to do with how you feel at any particular moment. Um, at the moment, although we're all locked down for God knows how long, we are actually quite happy um, because we talk to each other on the phone. Um, as I say, I don't see much of the family, although they live nearby, but I could, if necessary, in an emergency, I could see them and call on them. Um, I just find kind of daily routine. Some people say it's boring. You know, I, I don't. I read quite a lot. Um, if the weather was a bit better, I'd probably be doing some gardening or something like that, because that's very relaxing. Um, at present, that's out. It's too cold and wet and miserable. Um, but I like reading. I read quite a lot. I find it helps to pass the time as well. Um, friends ring up quite often. People like you yourself contact me. Um, and I, you know, I find the days go fairly quickly. So, so sorry. Yeah. Would, it, would it be a fair assessment then for, for you that happiness is about being in the moment rather than yes. a future yeah. thing or a past thing? Well, it's oh, oh, there are plenty of past things and plenty of future things. I think at the at present, 
I'm, I'm just thinking at the moment, but past things, I was wondering about this. Yeah, past things, holidays that I've taken, um, sometimes with a family, sometimes with friends, they've brought a lot of happiness. Um, you don't need to spend lots and lots of money on, on a holiday. I mean, a holiday at home is, is very pleasant if you just go out for days out and things like that. It doesn't cost a great deal. Um, so that makes me happy too. Um, having a chat with friends, swapping jokes, even, even occasionally looking at the telly. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I tend to laugh at things that other people don't laugh at. But, <laughs> you know, if you say to somebody, how about switching on what's going on in Parliament? They groan like mad. I sometimes sit and have a good laugh at it. Oh, yeah, I don't. I don't think you'd be the only person doing that, Brian, at the moment. <laughs> I think. But um, it's not hard to to find happiness. Um, I I think it's the opposite of worry in some ways because most of us worry at times. I mentioned the health matter. Most of us worry at times, you know, we're getting on. Um, we all fall ill occasionally. Fortunately, we've got through this winter pretty well in, in my family, you know, just odd colds and things like that, but nothing more serious. We, I did have two members of the family who got COVID, but fortunately in a very mild form. And um, they were better in a month's time, which was pretty good. And that made me very happy. You forget the things you think are pressing on you or causing you problems. It's very easy. You know, you put them to one side if somebody's sick in your family and you just concentrate on that. A couple of things that have, that have come out from that. You've, you're quite a nice quote there that happiness is the opposite to worry. Would you say that in order to fully enjoy the happy times, you almost have to endure the worry sometimes. So yes. they're, they're almost two sides of the same coin. Yes, absolutely right. Yes, you do. Um, you know, they, they say that people who've been through a difficult time <clears throat> appreciate the, the simple good things in life a great deal more. Um, and we, we've had unhappiness in the family. We had a, a death, someone you know, my brother-in-law, um, yes. who died just about this time last year. Nothing to do with COVID. Um, it was before um, the pandemic or before the pandemic hit. Um, but his last years, they were not very happy. But I think we tried to make them as peaceful as possible. You know, he had dementia. And um, he spent his last three years being looked after in a care home. Um, so in some ways, that was very sad. Very sad to see what he'd become because he was a very active, cheerful fellow, you know, very strong. Um, he, could, he could make or mend anything. And his last two or three years were really very sad. Um, of course, he didn't really know much about it because... Um, he'd lost his memory and uh, he was well looked after, which is good. 
And so that was a mixture of happiness when we saw him. We, did, we didn't see him a great deal, but we made trips to see him and a lot of sadness when we saw, you know, how he declined. So I think, yes, you're right. I mean, sadness is probably an important part of life as well. Uh, I, I I fondly remember your your brother-in-law Brian. Um, you, yes, he remembered I've, you too. You, yes, I've told you many a times the um, the uh, the stories of of getting to know him. And for me personally, um, the last time I I probably saw him was at uh, a reunion. And um, yes. like Brian just mentioned there, he um, obviously really bad dementia. And um, but one of the one, of, I think one of the the connections for for Brian was music. Oh yes, he uh, livened he livened up. If you played him music, he was very good on pop music of the sixties, which was his sort of his time, you know. Um, and he also knew lots of Irish music, Irish songs and dances and so on. And even in his dementia, if you played them or sang them to him, he'd perk up. You know, it, this is, you probably know this has been found to be true of many people with dementia. They do actually respond to music in a big way. One of the, um, the big points of happiness for me Although it, it you know it might seem quite a trivial point is at the reunion, um, he sort of kept looking at me in a very sort of strange way, as if you know someone but you don't know them. Yes, exactly. Uh, he hobbled over to me. Uh, he he hobbled over and yeah, uh, said to me, "Did you go to Lords with me?" So this is someone you know in the sixties, really bad dementia. I was like, "Yes, I was, Brian." Yeah, yeah. He goes, "Yeah." I remember you. You had the music. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I was, I was uh, sitting with him with my laptop and putting putting Spotify on and putting Jerry and the Pacemakers on and the Beatles oh, yeah. and, like you said, the the sixties kind of vibe. And for me personally, for someone with dementia to make a connection to me through music, which, like you've said, is um, such a powerful tool for people with dementia. Well, it's a compliment that to is you. Better. It's a compliment to you as well, in a way, because that was something that brought back memories. You know, it, you obviously had quite an impact on him because it brought back memories that otherwise uh, we couldn't get things out of him that we thought he should remember. You know, but as soon as you put a put a disc on or something or sang him something from. Uh, the Beatles' time and the rest of it, he changed, he perked up. And that made us happy as well, you know, as well as him. Um, <laughs> it's, it's difficult sometimes to explain to people who haven't had to experience um, anyone having dementia exactly what it's like, because it, it's, it's very sad. But at the same time, you know, you can create a bit of happiness for them and with them. Uh, and that's obviously what happened to him. Um, my <clears throat> my other thing I was going to say about um, about happiness is, you know, I, I mentioned at the beginning a lot of people think having a load of money makes you happy. 
there's an old joke you probably know, like, uh, well, money doesn't bring you happiness. No, but it, it allows you to be miserable more comfortably. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, literature, I, I said I read quite a lot. I was rereading some Jane Austen recently because it's also been on television and people like watching it on television. She wrote novels that are almost entirely taken up with um, what you might call um, high-class people or the peak of society who didn't really want to know other people if they weren't the same and didn't have uh, thousands and thousands of pounds. Um, and she spends a lot of time, Jane Austen, saying <laughs> uh, how important a large income is. Uh, she she actually said in one of the books, I think you know, get, I think it was Mansfield Park. She said a large income is uh, the best recipe for happiness. She actually put it just like that: a large income is the best recipe for happiness. Well, I don't agree. Most people nowadays wouldn't agree with that. Um, it's true that we all need at least enough money to get by with, you know, and there are times when everybody feels uh, a bit anxious about whether they can pay bills and uh, where the next few pounds are coming from. And some of us are more fortunate than others. But um, in it, having money in itself does not bring happiness. Just helps. I'd agree with that. I, I would agree with that. Good. So you mentioned earlier on that you were you were a teacher. Um, you were also a head teacher. Yep. Um, so the next sort of question. Imagine that you stood Monday morning in front of the whole school at assembly time, and the topic or the theme of your assembly is the pursuit of happiness yeah what what advice are you giving to those impressionable young people to encourage motivate inspire them to pursue happiness well thank you for the monday morning assembly that's great <laughs> <laughs> one, of my, one of my favorite experiences, assembly first thing on a Monday morning. Um, one thing I think it's that brings some happiness is to reassure them that they're all important. Uh, and um, certainly you may be good at school subjects. You may be pretty awful. Um, being good at it isn't, it's nice if you're good at maths or English or whatever it is. But um, I would say to them, be happy even if you do have to do subjects you don't like and you're not very good at. Be happy if you're lucky enough to have a supportive family, because not all school students do. Um, support at home is very important. Um, if you're going to have a row with your mum or your dad, uh, make sure that you make it up later on. Otherwise, you'll have a feeling of unhappiness for quite a long time. And so will they. Um, <clears throat> I gave a little talk. I was actually at the school assembly. I remember I gave a little talk on uh, why young people at school should 
uh, cherish, look after uh, their parents and their grandparents. Um, it wasn't quite the sort of assembly most young people are used to getting, but they did listen. And I said, uh, you know, because you only have them once. And you, if you are not kind to them, um, you know, on the whole, obedient, uh, one day you'll regret it very much because they won't be there. And one of the saddest things I used to have to do, I did it three or four times when I was ahead, was to tell a child, a pupil or a teenager, you know, not just children, um, that I'd been asked to tell them that somebody close to them had died. Um, and that was very difficult to do. I remember, I remember a, young, a young lad I'd given some careers advice to, and his father had come to the school to talk about what the lad was going to do. He was about 15, I think, and he was trying to decide what course of action he should take over choosing subjects. And uh, we had a long talk, and his father was, he was a self-made businessman. He'd sort of built himself up from nothing. And we had this very long, very cheerful talk. And I thought, what a lovely supportive dad. And three weeks later, he was killed by a lorry, which hit him. Um, as he, I think he was coming home from work. Um, no, he couldn't have been because uh, this was a morning thing. And his family phoned me and said, look, um, he told them about our talk. They said, would you mind telling Charlie, I think he was called, would you tell him, could you tell him, because we just find it impossible. So I did, I had to bring the lad in and tell him. And that was very difficult. Um, and that was the sort of, about as low on the happiness level as he could sink. But he got, he got through it, and that was one of the things I had in mind when I used to tell my assembly, you know, look after your mum and dad, uh, take care of them, because you only have them once. So would you say that happiness has an element of appreciation for what's around you? Oh, very much so, yes, very much. And uh, I keep coming back to the, the, the point I made about money. You don't have to have money to spend in order to get that. Um, it's nice if you get a bit of money and you can make other people happy. You know, you can buy them drinks, you can take them out for a meal, all sorts of things. But sometimes, you know, just being together and talking to them uh, can make you as happy as anything. So, would you also maybe su suggest or say that similar to happiness and worry being two sides of the same coin, do you think there's an argument of sort of um, happiness being both a personal um a personal journey for you, but also a sociable happiness. 
So almost like a, an intrinsic happiness that makes you happy. Yes. Uh, but also a, a, an, an extrinsic, sociable group happiness. Yes, yes, both, both. Um, you, you have to remember that <clears throat> lots of people actually lead a very unhappy life. Um, they, you know, it may be that they have to scrimp and save every penny to keep going. They lose jobs. Look at the number of people who lost jobs over the, the COVID problem. Um, there must be a great deal of unhappiness in the country at the moment, I think. Um, and there are going to be a lot of people wondering what, what on earth they're going to do um, and how will they manage. I think they will, because human nature being what it is, people pull through these things. Um, but they do need support. Um, but, you know, that's two sides of the same coin, yes, in many ways. Um, there's not going to be much happiness coming out of the present pandemic, um, except the happiness of finally beating it, you know, and knowing that lots mm. of people have survived it. But it's uh, probably caused more general unhappiness over the last year and a half than anything I can think of. I would, uh, I would agree with that totally. Um, I think that's about it, really. Um, one, one sort of happiness memory that that that's popped into my mind, just to finish off with. Uh, Ashley includes your good self, Brian. Um, so a bit of context for the for the listeners. Both Brian and I met through uh, HCPT. Um, and there was one summer trip that both Brian and I were, were on and Brian's brother-in-law, who was also called Brian, uh, was out there as well. Um, and we were sat wait, we were sat in front of a cafe waiting uh, for the coast to take us back up to where we were staying. And myself and Brian that's on the podcast, we're talking about um, how people can be labelled, for example, young, old, male, female. Uh, I, I can't remember how we got onto that that subject. And bro uh, brother-in-law Brian kind of gave me a bit of a nudge. Uh, I didn't really think he'd be paying attention to the conversation, and he said to me. Um, you know, he goes in, in in a very strong Scouse accent. Do you know on job application forms? I was like, yeah. And um, he goes, do you know where it says sex as in gender? I goes, well, what do you put down, Brian, thinking he was going to say male? And he goes, I put down can't get enough. <laughs> yeah, typical. <laughs> So you know, this this was someone with, um, you know, someone in the in the sixties with dementia, coming out with a fantastic turn of phrase. Oh yes, he had some, and, he had some uh, good jokes. He was he was Irish by by um, origins, of course, and they're very the Irish are very good at jokes. <laughs> yeah. Yes, and and I, I know for me on a on a, on a personal level that's. You know, we were talking about 
sort of reflecting on happiness and that that that's one of the 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 happiest memories that I have you know talking about happiness and um well that's very nice because it's one of those things he, he remembered you very happily as well um i said earlier on i think you know he lost his memory of who other people were uh, but when i when i mentioned your name to him and said lord he said oh oh yes yes that was great i remember that was a great he called it a holiday you know um he said that was yeah. a great holiday and i said uh, well i'm i'm very glad you remember adam um because well you were very good for him you know you you looked after him helped you look after him and i think he responded too uh, even though by that stage he'd actually become very frail like you're saying you know it goes back to what you were saying about happiness being the the simple things i think so and sort of being in that moment yeah i think so i mean you you, they, you can get happiness from quite expensive things as well as long as you you know you've got the money to enjoy them i'm not saying people <clears throat> shouldn't spend money on things of course i mean give you one example you know what makes somebody who's um, a football fan happier than when the team wins um and you know what it costs to buy tickets at least for the premiership now <laughs> yeah it um yeah i mean that that is a, a clear example of it and you you do see people physically very miserable if their team's lost or lost you know on several occasions um something they'd been hoping to happen didn't happen didn't turn out the way they wanted to and that that makes people very unhappy sometimes but it's a different kind of unhappiness you know it's short-lived it passes i suppose as well it could be worse it could be everton fans well that would really be the pits wouldn't it but <laughs> <laughs> oh i'm sorry i hope i haven't offended anybody else on the podcast <laughs> <laughs> they all know about Liverpool and Everton. It's it's like Man City and Man United and you know is, yes. <laughs> the London teams. I mean the competition there is really very fierce. I'll tell you one thing though, I'm not sure whether it indicates happiness, but when Liverpool play Everton, it's one of the few matches where people from the same family support different teams and can still all sit together. Doesn't happen very often now, does it? It doesn't know. Um, I think for a bit of context for the listeners, in Brian's family there seems to be a deep rooted divide between both the Premier League clubs in Liverpool. <laughs> uh, well, I, I've just done a, a podcast with uh, someone from Liverpool, and um, their comment was, "There's only two football teams in Liverpool." Liverpool and Tranmere Rovers. <laughs> well, I remember Brian making uh, his father of the bride speech, bless him, when uh, <clears throat> when his daughter was married. And, uh, I mean, he wasn't at his best even then, you know, he was beginning to be ill, but he stood up and he said how lovely it was to see everybody here and uh, especially the Liverpool supporters at the bottom end of the table. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've always remembered that one. <laughs> yeah. 
again, it, it, it's just another it's just another memory that that invokes that level of of happiness. Yes, it was. I mean, uh, he was very happy on that occasion. I'll tell you something else too. He made one of the best speeches I've ever heard at a wedding. And, you know, we were all concerned about whether he'd be able to manage it. And, you know, <clears throat> did he need prompting, you know, and should we write things down for him? And he said, no, 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 I'll do it. And he really did make, as I say, what I've been to a lot of weddings and I've heard a lot of speeches, but his still sticks out as the best for me. He was a bit of a a master of words, even even late on when I knew him. He hadn't had an easy life, yeah. you know. Um, there have been lots of ups and downs because he was selfish. I'm not surprised being an Everton <laughs> fan. <laughs> he was. He was. <laughs> uh, he, he he was actually very skilled. I said before he could make or mend anything, but he was self-employed, you know, and that's difficult. Um, there's a lot of worry attached to being self-employed, even more so now, I suppose. Um, but he, he he got through life uh, quite happily and um, never complained. And uh, maybe not complaining is another form of happiness in a way, an indirect form. Brian, it's been an absolute pleasure talking with well, you. Well, thank you very much. I enjoyed it too. And uh, good luck with all the other um, talks that you're going to have. Well, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll drop you a message with the link to where the uh, podcasts are going to be published. Yes, good. That, that, I'll, I'll enjoy that. And, uh, yeah, I think that's everything. Okay, well, as you might say, stay happy. Stay happy, everyone. <laughs> Stay happy, everyone. Yeah, uh, things things can only get better. <laughs> well, yes. Okay. Brian, thanks very much. I'll speak yeah, to you keep soon. Keep well. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You too. Speak Bye. to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Pursuit of Happiness podcast. Come back next time for more conversation about happiness.